Hey, yo, let's go. Welcome back to Weebcast. Um, I hope you guys enjoying this lovely day today. Um, with everything going on in the world, I hope you guys are enjoying yourself, guys keeping guys safe, um, friends, family, loved ones. Um, if you guys are practicing um, social distancing, um, but don't let that get in the way of, you know, trying to live your life. Just be smart. Um, I just hope you guys have been well. It's been a little bit of a while since I've talked to you guys. Um, but this today is a new little thing I'm going to start doing. Um, I'm going to sprinkle some of these over time. I have a few of them that I've, I've lined up. And these episodes will be uh, the retrospective episodes. Um, and if you're reading the title, you already know. Because I'm hyped. I've been saying that I've been talking about Bleach on Twitter. I'm talking about Bleach for on a few ep- for on some of these last webcast episodes for about a month now, for a few weeks now. Um, tentatively, you know, I'm saying that, man, I think, you know, March, we're going to get the, the anime, um, returning. Um, but I never wanted to say I was a hundred percent sure because I didn't know what the news was going to be. I, you know, there are some people thinking that, you know, we were just going to get the witch one animated and then maybe not the bleach mainline anime or some kind of, or, you know, or the other way around. Um, but probably guys heard the news. Bleach will be coming back. The anime that you all guys love to hate <laughs> is coming back and I am super excited. Um, but yes, my first, first anime retrospective episodes will be on Bleach um, today. So hope you guys enjoy the episode. Uh, I'm just going to do a little, I'm just going to talk about a little bit here on um, what I want to kind of do with the with the retrospective episodes. Um, I think I've talked about it in a maybe previous episodes before, but retrospectives in general and generally in pop culture and movies and TV shows are usually when you revisit a, a popular work, um, you either re-digest it, in this case I've, I've re-watched the entire anime and I've reread the entire manga over these last several days now um taking notes making sure getting my thoughts down and in a retrospective is when you either write up or present your thoughts and feelings um since re-watching it and detailing things that may have changed um things you've liked things you didn't like at in the at first but now since re-watching it maybe you didn't like something uh something or something kind of caught your eye that wasn't pre- that previously didn't do that before in the in your previous viewing, and that's kind of what and that's what a general retrospective is done. Um, mine might be a little bit different, but if you guys are familiar with any retrospective, then you you know the format that I might kind of do it. Now, since this is the first one, it might be a little bit a little bit choppy, and I mean when I mean choppy, not in as in weird or pacing is a little off but as in I'm not quite sure how I want to do it I would at least for this case I'm going to talk a little bit I'm going to talk about both the anime and the manga um I'm just not sure how I'm going to kind of piece that all together but I will be talking about the franchise as a whole um so I don't want to leave a lot I don't want to leave no stone unturned um I love this series probably love this series a lot more than most people probably people probably do but not ashamed of it 
not ashamed of it one bit. Um, but let's get right into the episode. Um, but this episode, um, but for this episode, um, hope you guys will enjoy it. Make sure you guys rate, review it, like it, wherever you guys may be listening to it. Give me some feedback. Maybe even drop a message if you're listening to it on Anchor. Leave a voice message. Then I can see it and I'll be able to put it on to the next episode. But um, right after this break, we'll get it right into it. We're going to go right into talking talk about some bleach. Um, talk a little bit about Kubo, the beginnings, the humble beginnings of bleach. But I'll see you guys on the other side. Let me just be real with you guys. When you think of anime, you think of Crunchyroll. When you think of food delivered real fast, you think of Postmates. So when you think of podcasting, what do you think of? Or at least when I think about podcasts, I think about Anchor. Anchor is the perfect place if you want to start your podcast. You can talk about all kinds of things. You don't just have to talk about some weave stuff that I talk about. See, in Anchor, there's a set of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right on your phone. It's crazy. And Anchor will actually distribute your podcast for you. It can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. All you have to do is just download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, yo, welcome back. Welcome back to the Bleach Retrospective. Um, let's just get into it. Um, in 1996, a 19-year-old man by the name of uh, Noriaki Kubo published a story called Ultra Unholy Hearted Machine. <laughs> um, I believe in Weekly Shonen Jump. Uh, three years after that, he wrote his um, first manga entitled Zombie Powder um, under the pen name and under the name that we're all familiar with, Daito Kubo. Um, now, if you haven't heard, if you haven't heard of Zombie Powder, it's it's a pretty, I guess it's, well, it's known only for that because it was his previous work before starting Bleach. Um, it's not too uh, memorable, to be honest. Um and I really don't know if I could even recommend it to you. Maybe it's something if you really like ultra violent something. Um, I don't know if you guys ever have heard of the show on Adult Swim that used to air called Super Jail. It was like a bombastic, bloody, gory type of show. It just, you could sort of it's kind of like a manga version of, of something of that sort. Um, but when Zombie Powder uh, was killed off after around 27 chapters, uh, Kubo went ahead first into his new manga named bleach um why is it called bleach well here's the thing the original title was called black and i'm i'm not kidding you black was going to be the name of this of this monumentous (laughs) manga um it was supposed to be named after the color of the uh shinigami's clothing Uh, fortunately he thought that was a little too generic and renamed it white and then he renamed it again to bleach because of its association with the color white, um, and I, I and I should I should I I guess I, I liked it. I wanted to start off with that because I didn't know if people remembered. Um, not only that, his pen name is Taito Kubo, first of all, and not no, I don't think anyone really else calls him uh, Noriaki anymore. 
Um, and also that I, I think a lot of people are probably already knew about what the manga was going to be about or what was going to be called. I think a lot of people knew that it was going to be called black at some time, but uh, I think some people do forget that it was going to be called white instead of bleach as well. There was a middle, he did had a step before he just go from black to bleach. He went from black, white to then to bleach. Um, but Shonen Jump, uh, weren't too keen on publishing bleach after zombie killing was, um, axed after 27 chapters. Um, but after Akira, Akira, Akira Toriyama, wrote a letter to encourage the 24-year-old writer. Shonen Jump decided to publish Bleach and intended it to last for about five to six years. Um, now, if you got, now, if you guys, I don't know, if you guys seen Bleach recently or read Bleach recently, about five years, that would have been, and that means the manga would have ended around the Soul Society arc, right after the Soul Society arc. Um, and if it had ended there, which was an amazing arc, and we'll probably get into that later, um, it may have been just as forgotten. As great as the Soul Society arc is, and things leading up to that, it may have just been a forgotten piece of work, just like zombie powder. But, um, you know, I'll get to that later. <laughs> for right now, I, I for this retrospective, I kind of want to just jump into why why I wanted to do this. See, as much as I love finding a new and great anime to watch, there's really nothing like rediscovering a series that I used to love um, or used to enjoy so hard, so, so deep heartedly. Um, and if it's one I truly enjoyed when I first saw it, watching it the second or third or fourth or fifth time around is somehow both comforting and exhilarating all at the same time. It really brings back memories and all... That I that I just that were hiding in the recesses of my brain, um, but most recently, I've had the chance to experience Bleach all over again, both the anime and the manga. Um, definitely one of my favorite series series when growing up, and definitely just one of the series I attribute into going that attribute to me liking the shonen genre. Um, I was watched. Now, a little, just a history on, on me and Bleach myself. I watched a chunk of the series uh, right around the time when it was first airing in the States. Um, after a while, I did slowly let it fall by the wayside. But there was a number of reasons to that. Uh, regardless, uh, the main thought in my mind while rewatching this was I for- truly forgot how great, great this was. Um, the nostalgia was so intense. It's, it was almost painful. Um, yet I loved every second of it. Bleach is a straight up classic mid 2000s anime. If you're even a casual fan, you've definitely most have heard of this show, and you probably watched it at least a little bit, even if you didn't get invested into it. It first aired in the United States in 2006 on Adult Swim, and quickly became popular among anime fans both old and new. The story primarily follows Ichigo. Ichigo Kurosaki, a 15-year-old high school kid who can see ghosts. In the first episode, he has a run-in with a soul reaper, or Shinigami, named Rukia Kuchiki. At the time, the two meet. Rukia has been given... Has been having difficulty tracking down a hollow of sorts. A type of evil spirit that is formed when a human soul doesn't properly cross over to the other side. And when Rukia is injured by the hollow, she transfers her power to Ichigo 
who then defeats the Hollow and discovers his own dormant Shinigami powers in the process. Shortly thereafter, there, through a series of strange and supernatural and whimsical circumstances, Ichigo and several good friends are swept up into the world of um, Serite, or the Soul Society, the spirit world where all Soul Reapers and Shinigami live and work. They receive both the training of the on-the-ground experience, by the way, of impromptu battles. They'll need to fight off hollows and navigate the new reality they found themselves in. Um, there's a lot I like about Bleach, to be honest. It has one of the more unique premises and one of the best, most compelling soundtracks I've probably ever run across of in anime. It starts out with some really great story arcs that are high stakes, full of good character development, and packed with full of complex characters whom you'll love or love to hate. <laughs> it also has the distinction of being one of my first experiences with a long-running anime series other than One Piece and Naruto. And it features a lot of my memories of summer afternoons watching random stuff with my siblings um, through middle school and high school and such. Even if it wasn't an engaging series, at least for the, for, for the first couple arcs, I still have a special place for it in my heart because of this. But at least some of the series is strong enough to stand on its own without the nostalgia boost. I think a lot of the series can stand on its own without the boost. Though Bleach started out well, however, the longer the 366 episode series ran, the more controversial it became. It's always had some less than savory quirks, if that's a good way to put it. Like it's tendency to draw out storylines till kingdom come. And we're talking about Dragon Ball Z levels of bloated storytelling. Or in this case, I guess that's not of a more, that's not really a, a 2020 um, reference. I should be saying it's got bloated levels of storytelling akin to pre- of, of how what One Piece is doing currently. A number of plot and character related inconsistencies. And the fact that the characters are constantly surviving things that... Should have been way more enough to kill him, but that's kind of a small gripe. To the point that the suspense sometimes falls off, because you know the characters will make it out of a jam. It's just a matter of how and when. But after two or three solid primary story arcs, each progressive arc got maybe a little bit watered down, as what some people would say, or maybe less engaging. The anime started having more filler episodes, in the manga-based content to the point that Bleach is high on the list of anime notorious for it. I think the, the total filler count, episode count kind of rounds out around 166, almost a full 45% of this series' total episodes. One of the first things you'll find when Googling Bleach is the lists of episodes they keep to skip in order to avoid slogging through all that uh, filler content. Though, these days, online, you really don't have to find, you don't have to look far to find debates and articles on why and when and how Bleach went wrong. So what did happen? See, there's a number of theories out there and even more opinions about the details. But from my perspective, it seems to boil down to the series falling prey to the lethal combination of a rigorous TV schedule for an anime in Japan a hopelessly mismatched timeline for the manga, and the anime and the series overworked and creatively overstretched mangaka Taito Kubo. Perhaps more than other factors, the Japanese TV schedule played a big role in this particular toxic trifecta. For most anime series, 
a new episode comes out every week without exception and there are no mid-series breaks like the ones that usually occur in American TV dramas. So anime producers have to come up with a lot of content. And on top of this, new anime series frequently air while the manga version is still incomplete. And since anime can be produced more quickly than manga, yes, I mean, it's true, uh, episode of anime takes a lot shorter than to produce than a, than, a, um, than a few chapters of a manga. TV series were almost out were, all, were almost always outstrip their manga counterparts in short order. This means the anime has to either diverge from the canon or feature filler episodes that don't impact the overarching plot to give the manga story time to catch up. This is especially rampant in long running long running series, as you pro- you guys are listening probably are well aware of that. As there's, there's so much anime content that the manga doesn't have a prayer of keeping pace. Before long, you'll end up with an ridiculously bloated series, frustrated fans, and quickly deteriorating content. Bleach was already struggling to keep viewers' interest by about halfway through its run, but the death kneel seems to have been a couple of particularly bad filler arcs that hit the really inopportune times in terms of the rest of the plot. Fans started feeling insulted that they were expected to find such content worth their time, and with no concrete end in sight for the spates of pointless filler, along with an increasingly repetitive, meandering plot, overlarge cast of principal characters, and a lot of viewers fell off the wagon. Now that last part sounds like I'm is what I actually what I usually when I talk about One Piece. Um But you gotta think. While the anime was running, this is what people thought of Bleach a lot of the time. One Piece was still hitting their stride at the time. Um, and hasn't run into some of the problems they have been running in, in the last two or three years now. Um, but I was one of them for quite a time. With the absurd amounts of filler, dwindling focus on the characters I cared that I cared most about, and having less spare time to, in general, to devote uh, devote to anime, watching, you know, doing with with schooling and working of that such, I slowly started investing less and less in the series until I stopped altogether. But after time, I did. Fi- I ended up finishing finishing the show. Um, it was even time where I think I dropped the manga off for a little bit of time. I know I remember for about for a few months. I want to say four or five, and I did slug my you know pulled my way to to finish that. But doing. But during my recent rewatch, some of the casually chosen sections of the series, I found that I had enough kind of distance from the story that I'd forgotten what went wrong and could just enjoy rediscovering the great feelings I've gotten from watching the series for the first time. I could reimmerse myself in the story and remember what I liked about it while still having a good sense to the story to know that I could pick and choose the parts I wanted to watch or skip without becoming utterly confused by the storyline as a whole. Though the missteps of the series are still there, threatening to color my rewatching experience, it's still impossible to just enjoy the series. For what it has offered me, and push aside anything that might blind me to the value of the series does have, though Bleach will always have baggage for, for most anime fans, there's no denying that it was a compelling series that had a lot to offer its viewers. Still, it would always be a little sad to think about what could have been as to compare as compared to what it became. 
Um, but that could all change. Um, depending on how they animate this, this up, the last arc, the Thousand War Blood War arc. Um, I hope, I hope it does a lot to change a lot of people's minds, to be honest. Um, and give some respect to the, the Bleach anime and the Bleach manga, um, that are rightfully deserves. Um, but that was just kind of my, just my overall feelings from just rewatching, um, rewatching the show. Um, I, I should go on to, cause I do want to talk about the humble beginnings and kind of talk about some of the fill, one of the filler arcs that I think a lot of people give a lot of maybe almost unneeded hate for. And this little anime, and in this respect, I want to go into, I want to go right into the Bount arc. And I want to, let's remember the Bounce, okay? Um, actually, you know what? Let's take a little break. Cause I want to, there's a lot, there's, there's a lot of things I kind of want to cover with the bounce arc. Cause I know a lot of people had a lot of feelings about that arc, um, whether it's characters, um, how it was set up and how it, did it really have anything to do with bleach as a whole? We're going to get that right after the break. See dub your fearless leader is going to be back. Hey, yo, give a big up stand. Make sure you guys salute. It's your boy C-Dub, your fearless leader, host of the Weepcast. This is the Bleach Retrospective. See, Taito Kubo's behemoth series, Bleach, is hardly a story with happy, the happiest of endings. Having begun its life strong with exceptional first arc, earning its place aside along shonen jump powerhouses like Bleach, I mean like One Piece and Naruto. As one of the fabled big three. It seemed though this series was flying high. However, was the case with Naruto and with One Piece over the last two or three years, the Bleach anime was clogged with the excessive amount of uh, what I call this filler is not the right word. I think filler, I think there's different types of filler. I think there are filler that are non-canon filler or filler that, that's just made up for the anime. And I think there is filler where it's canon, but it's just events and actions that mean really nothing to, to little to nothing of the main story, but it's still technically canon because it happened in the manga. Um, and kind of One Piece kind of kind of does that the most. But in the manga, the Bleach manga found itself falling victim to, I guess what people would say, I guess recycling ideas time and time again, in turn leading many readers to abandon Bleach altogether during its running. This eventually led to the tragic and premature cancellation of the both the Bleach anime and the Bleach manga. A truly a sad, truly a sad end for the former industry giant. However, despite this, we here at Weebcast, my fellow weebs, with your boy C-Dub at the helm, are huge fans of Bleach. My boys, they ride bleach. And I know who ride bleach from day, who been riding bleach from day one, bro. 
I know who y'all out there. Y'all know who y'all. And, and I know who y'all people who aren't. I know who you people who are just kind of going to hop on this train, which I'm happy. You guys should definitely hop on Bleach. I've been saying it for years. I've been saying it for years. But whatever if you've been through, if you've been, and trust me, I, I, I appreciate you guys. I'm saluting for you guys right now um, for the ones celebrating and been there with me on Bleach since day one. Um, and for people who haven't, who just kind of going along for the ride, we didn't really fuck with Bleach all that much. And preferred other series like Fairytale, One Piece, and things of that nature. It's alright. I'll still let you join. C-Dub is not, will not discriminate. C-Dub will always remember who you guys are. And that how that you disgraced Bleach. But he will accept you into the fold. <laughs> and here at Weebcast, we're a, uh, we enjoy the ideas and the characters and the incredible action sequences. So, today, on our little trip... Down the weed cast hole. We're gonna be taking a looker. Uh, I'm gonna take a little closer look at the bounce, um, and the bounce and the bounce arc, since that was a contentious point for a lot of viewers and just a lot of fans of Bleach. Um, and they when they they point to this arc, I think in particular when they talk about some of the the some of the worst things about um, the Bleach. Um, series um i think it was a pair of filler arts um that generally that generally was disliked by a lot of fans for a lot of different reasons um now as a disclaimer this discussion will delve into major spoilers for the plot of bleach both filler and canon so if you wish to remain unspoiled uh, and you plan on reading or watching bleach i should have said that in the beginning but i'm saying it again um then just maybe you should uh, maybe pause this podcast, maybe listen to another episode of me talking about some other anime news and other things like that. Um, but let's just jump right into it. Um, let me re- go over Bleach's humble beginnings and some of the themes um, leading into that dreaded filler arc that people are so uh, despise it so much. See, Bleach was a series that started with simp- with a simple content. Our main protagonist, Ichigo Kurosaki, is a human with extraordinary abilities. With well, actually, with a extraordinary ability that he can see ghosts and souls of the dearly departed. Um, he even talks about ever since I can remember, he was he could see ghosts. One day, Ichigo' world is forever changed when a giant masked monster appears and attacks Ichigo and his family. In an attack that is helpless, that he is helpless to stop, from nowhere, a woman clad in black, uh, Shiakuso, and wielding a Zanpakuto, will appearing to slay the beast and save the day. But before she can do so, she is struck down and left wounded. Now that she has fallen, who will save the day now? She reveals that she is Rukia Kuchiki, a soul reaper. One of the group of highly trained specialists tasked with aiding the cycle of rebirth through guiding those souls unable to pass on to the afterlife, a realm that Bleach calls the Serite, or the Soul Society. This, cre- this creature that has now threatens Ichigo and his family is a hollow, a soul who has become corrupted. To save these hollows, Shinigami must destroy their mask, thus purging them from the crimes committed as a hollow, allowing them to pass into the soul society however as Rukia lies injured from the hollows attack she is unable to carry out her duty in her desperation 
She turns to Ichigo, pleading for him to take a portion of her power to fight in her place and save his family. The transfer begins, and Ichigo becomes a Shinigami himself, brandishing a giant sword that he uses to quickly dispose of the hollow in a single swing. However, despite the best intentions, things don't exactly go as planned. Ichigo unknowingly takes almost all of Rukia's Shinigami powers, leaving her unable to summon her sword. From here, the scene is set. Ichigo becomes an acting Shinigami, with Rukia becoming his mentor, instructing him on how to best wield his newfound powers. They form a close bond, a bond that grows with each new battle and encounter. However, it is Ichigo is at his most confident that things take a dire turn. The Soul Society, having learned that Rukia had imparted her powers to a human, sends two of the strongest to bring back so that she may be trialed and executed for her crimes. Ichigo, being Ichigo, sets out to save her, only to face a crushing defeat at the hands of the enemy Soul Reapers. His loss comes with an even worse realization when he eventually returns to school. Rukia is gone. Her entire existence erased from the minds of those who once called her the friend. With only a small handful of individuals with their own set of unique powers able to remember her, Ichigo, Orihime, Chad, Uryu set out to rescue their friend by infiltrating Soul Society. Rukia's, the Rukia Retrieval arc is arguably one of the best and most beloved arc in Bleach. Filled with tremendous, earth-shattering battles, massively shocking revelations, and soul-destroying soul betrayals. It stands to reason then that the next arc would need to raise the stakes further in order to compete. But in Season 4 of the anime, there came something else. Something unwanted. Something filler. Season 4 would see the introduction of the bounce. <laughs> Before we get into finer details, uh, let's take a look at the story that unfolds in Bleach's Blount arc. After having re- rescued Rukia from her execution and having survived the evil schemes of former Captain Aizen, Ichigo and friends return to their peaceful daily lives in Kakura Town. However, as it is the case in most shonen, well, that peace would not last. A small confrontation with a trio of mod souls lead to the introduction of this arc's main antagonists, the Bounce. The Bounce are a group of immortal beings that resemble humans created by the Soul Society following an unfortunate accident. These Bounce have survived for centuries, feeding on the souls the living like a strange type of vampire. Of course, this means that they survived war and hardships unimaginable, and that they have had they've had to fight to survive. In order to face any opponent, the bounce have their own secret weapon, a familiar unique to every bounce known as a doll. These dolls can come in any number of shapes and forms and with terrifying powers that even rival that of the Zanpakuto. These powerful dolls are a double-edged sword that can even turn on their masters. 
In an early encounter, Ichigo discovers that despite having unlocked the true potential of his Anpakuto, or what he thought he was at the time, um, achieving both Shikai and Bankai, the first and second power set power up forms of Zanpakuto, the lack of spiritual energy, Reishi, in the world of living, in the world of the living means Ichigo can no longer access his Bankai, putting him at a severe disadvantage in the battles to come. The following season has its series staples and fan favorite Soul Reapers face off against the many bouts that seek to gain access into Serite. With some fun and interesting battles, the end of season 4 sees the bouts achieve their goal and successfully gain access into Serite. Season 5, unlike season 4, sees Ichigo and his friends travel once again to the Soul Society to defeat the bouts that survived the previous season. The catch, however, is that Serate, not only are Ichigo and friends made stronger, but so too are the Bounds, as they are able to utilize the Reishi um, in the area to increase their abilities far more than their usual soul-sucking antics, uh, and even their, and even heal their wounds, making it the already intimidating Bounce all the more potent. Um, now, while the plot is interesting, and it has its pluses, there's a lot to digest with the bound arcs. So, um, let's go right into the good. Uh, let's go right into the good here. Bleach is one of those shonen series that suffers from an all too common issue of power escalation. Uh, with his each subsequent arc, Ichigo and select few others are forced to grow stronger and stronger in order to face the ever increasing threats to soul society, leaving us less powerful characters forgotten as a result. In the previous art, uh, Ichigo had achieved Bankai, an ability, an ability so powerful and difficult to master that only a select few Soul Reapers will ever achieve. Not only that, but he had done it in, in, so, in, in a record time. Ichigo had gone on to rescue Rukia, face off, and bested the nigh invincible captain Byakuda, Kuchiki, and saved the day. He was powerful, he was confident, and he was in for a shock. The greatest strength of the Bound arc, or at least in the first season, is how it de-escalates, forcing Ichigo to relearn what he took for granted, while allowing less powerful characters to shine. Reshi, the very spirit energy that makes up the Soul Society, is also something that can be harnessed by individuals for battle, healing, and so on. The sheer amount of Reshi in... Uh, Serate made accessing Bankai a breeze for Ichigo uh, during his mission to retrieve Yukia. Uh, but however, by returning to the world of the living, it made logical sense that there would be some limitations imposed, imposed in such a starkly different world. Ichigo is still Ichigo, but he's handicapped. These limitations behave in a similar manner to, be far, to, be, to the far later Fullbrain arc where Ichigo needs to regain his powers. It introduces a moment of calm, where Ichigo isn't some typical shonen superhero. He's vulnerable. It presents a unique strain of logic missing from the manga, that the worlds themselves are distinct, with their own rules that govern them, presenting their own unique challenges for those seeking to navigate both the Serite and the world of the living. Not only does this place Ichigo at a disadvantage, but the Bound arc also allows a series of 
series favorites to make it a, a reappearance. Many, many characters from the early seasons, like the firework-loving, hardhead Ganju, were beloved by fans, by fans, but made little, if any, appearance in later seasons. This allowed for lesser characters, as well as key players like Uryu and Orihime, to receive some well-deserved time in the spotlight. But, I gave you a little bit of the good, and now, I gotta give you my little, my opinions on the bad. It is, it's time for, for CW to come clean, and Weebcast will not shy away from it. The reason we focus so intently on how Bleach's bound arc enforces a set of rules that impact our heroes, while allowing characters to grow and gain some well-deserved time in the spotlight, is because that our favorite aspects of the bound arcs. However, we're not afraid, I'm not afraid to admit there's a lot that the bound arcs do poorly. Due to the very nature as a fill arc, the rules require that all end as it begin. It can leave no lasting impact on the characters that will play an important role in future arcs. See, Bleach is a high action, high re-risk, with characters rising and falling rapidly, especially in the later arcs. By comparison, the action in the bound arc feels shallow. You know that the only characters facing real risk are the Bounds, and that our Ichigo and his friends will be mostly unharmed. It feels like a massacre waiting to happen. The Bounds themselves also start out as very interesting characters to me. More interesting characters than what people give them credit for. A small subset of the Bounds like Yoshino, the woman who Uryu becomes attached to, and Koga the hawking man with a heart of gold and likable and feel realized. The problem comes when viewing the remaining bounce through the same lens we view the rest of Bleach. With, they're not just unlikable, they're downright unhinged. The the immortality of the bounce will eventually result in reduced mental stability. That's something that's revealed during the arc and something seen by how erratic the actions of the bounce are particularly during their invasion of the Soul Society. However, their leader, Jen Karia, is on a whole nother level, acting and behaving more like a psychopath with delusions of grandeur. See, his ultimate goal was mutually assured destruction by both of the Soul Reapers and the Bounce. And he doesn't care who has to die for that to happen, be that friend or foe. His battle with uh, uh, Byakuya was one of the few highlights, in my personal opinion, with his win posing a perfect counter to Byakuya's Senbon Sakura. It was fun and action-packed, but even then, he kind of remained a lot, remained a little bit unlikable. Other arcs in Bleach uh, introduced similar adversaries to Jin Guardian. Only in those cases, the characters have unique nuances that make them interesting and likable even if they were trying to destroy life as we know it. It's a, it was just a real shame that Bleach anime missed the memo with Cardia. As he views Bounce as pawns, Soul Reapers as something to exterminate, and the, and the Quincy as the key to unlocking it all. He never feels dangerous because of his status as a Philarch villain, but lacks any nuance or character trait to help him make him memorable in any good way. He's just sort of there 
See, this problem is confounded by compounded further by the fact that, unlike the other bounds, Cardia has no doll. Instead, he has become one with his doll, thereby eliminating the inherent weakness of bounds, whereby destroying a doll, the bound shall too die. In truth, the revelation that Cardia and his doll has fused is an incredible one, though. Cardia is powerful thanks to his fusion, but he is no longer wholly reliant on it. His strength then stems from the combined potency of Cardia and his doll combined. The catch being, while, while many bounds are a little bland in their personality, the dolls have a personality that shines far brighter, making them a pleasure to watch and making for a cohesive whole. The best example of this is the metal doll. I don't know if you guys remember this. Dark. Her sadistic and playful demeanor has her toying with her opponents, cruelly tormenting them as she fights, making every single encounter a battle of strength and mental endurance. Her personality couples really well with her bound, the stoic Koga, making for a dynamic for making for a dynamic that's really enjoyable to watch. By removing Karya's doll from the equation, Cardia is shifted into stark focus, emphasizing any flaws and imperfections that his doll might otherwise help to mask. It's a pity though, because if Cardia had fused with his doll in a later episode, it could have been contributed so much to his character development in a poignant moment where his desire for power is finally realized. Instead, we're only shown a flashback to the moment Cardia and his doll fused making it a far weaker moment. While, while Bleach's bounds are one of the most serious, less impactful villains, even among the filler arts, the, un- the unique concept of their immortality and their dolls help make them interesting to watch. Sadly, uh, due to the arc's main villain being a little more than unlikable, so so bad, the lesser villains feeling generally undeveloped and mainly underwhelming and its status as a filler arc having already relegated to being widely despised by the fanbase, the bounce stood little chance for widespread appeal. What the did arc introduce, however, was a scenario where the cast could shine. Ichigo wasn't the absolute powerhouse he once was, clawing a small break from the high-octane action while giving just enough breathing room before the Hueco Mundo arc kicked in and up the stakes tremendously. Unfortunately, where you fall on the bound arc will come down to your personal preference. Do you want your favorite characters to get more screen time? While the world becomes more defined? Then this arc will deliver that will deliver on that. Do you like do you want likable and well-written villains? Well, maybe you'll find yourself a little bit underwhelmed. While we enjoy the Bount arc on its whole, thanks to its fun, no consequence action, its flaws are sort of undeniable, making it quite the guilty pleasure, at least for me. With all that being said, I appreciate you for um, listening on my on this little on this part of the Bleach perspective when I go over one of its I guess more hated uh, filler arts, and I just wanted to give you um, my perspective on what I feel about the bound art um, i feel like it did a, still a lot of things good for the supporting cast um, and actually and put ichigo on the back burner for a little bit and i think that strengthens not only the series as a whole um 
but also sets up the the following Hawikomundo arc all that much greater. Um, now, I'm not one of those people who are those. I can I don't even know if I can call them casual fans, but those anime fans that that sees filler equals bad. Not only I think that's holistically wrong and ignorant, um, it's just kind of a boring take. There's no spice to that. I think filler arcs are actually not only needed, but also um, offer just no consequence type of content that show that can either shine on other characters other than the main character, or even give a clue in on what on what uh, the main character could be, how they could develop in later canon arcs. Um, I don't. Th- I think it's to be honest, it's a perfect way. For to fish and gauge what the audience would like to see in the future, and if done well, could you know could be deemed as canon to any of the fans. Um, like I said, you know, on Weekcast, especially with Bleach, I want you guys to think, not only think more, but just think smarter, think differently. Um, Stray away from the path of the of the usual boring, cold takes, you know. And I think that's what kind of propelled me to do some of this retrospective. Was because I think that's what a lot of people have nowadays. I think it's just a lot of cold and boring takes on Bleach. That honestly isn't... Isn't really all that interesting anymore. Um... It just, it just really isn't. Um, I think people could do a lot better in analyzing Bleach a lot better, which I hope I'm doing so far in this episode some justice and in, in, um, in talking about Bleach. But, um, though, in the next one, in the, uh, I do want to talk about, I want to talk a little bit more about the season's as they go on through the arcs a little more closer in the next part. Um, I might skip in the next part. I might skip the, skip like the first five seasons. Cause I kind of went over them in some part already. Um, because the first season is the, you know, the, the rescue, the Rukia retrieval arc or rescue, retrie- the rescue arc. Um, season four and five with the vampire, with the bounce, um, I do want to talk about um, some of the maybe the movies, um, some of the openings that I really liked, um, and seasons from six to eight, eleven, ten to twelve, and some of the uh, subsequent movies uh, thereafter. So, C Dub will be right back um, after a little break, after a little bit of music. We're going to talk about a lot more Bleach. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Like I said, make sure you guys are... If you guys do like the episode, make sure you guys uh, consider becoming a listener supporter. We could donate a small, whether a dollar, four dollars, or ten dollars. Any of a bit helps to enhance these episodes. Um, but also, definitely make sure you guys spread this episode around. Share it around, whether on, on social media. Tell, tell about it to your friends if they like anime or if they like definitely like some Bleach. Whether they love to hate it or just love to love it. Um, rate and review it. But... I will be right back. Hey, 
let's go welcome back to me guys with your fearless leader c dub and it's all death and strawberry celebrating the soon return of the bleach anime uh we talked about everything so far i think i went i haven't gone through the entire story yet i'm not sure if i'm actually even going to do that i will talk about some of the seasons i think because where did i stop i did stop around what season five ish talked about the I talked about one of the filler arcs, the bound arcs, or the vampire arcs. Um, kind of talked about why and some of the things I loved about it, and some of the things I kind of hated about it. Um, and then kind of went on about why I think some of the filler are important, because I think it did reveal some kind of things for the future. And my thoughts on just filler in general. Real small, though. Might have to do a future episode on filler, on filler anime, and the art of it, um, and why does it get such a bad rap. But that's another thing for another episode. Let's just continue on some of the things that I, I there's something that I want to detail in on my on the rewatch that I've done. So I kind of want to get right into the Huekamunda thing. So during all that filler stuff, I guess I guess Aizen has been kind of building his army of hollows, right? And these hollows are, you know, the most powerful and most important hollows ever known to man, right? And he plans on taking soul over Serate and destroying it. So he sends two of his around cars to uh, Katakura Town to pretty much scout the place if it's even worth the, worth the time. Um, but what a surprise. Ichigo comes to show up the fact that he needs more training. Thankfully, we have visors. And uh, you're asking, well, who are visors again? You'll figure that out a little later. I think around season 11. They're former soul reapers that have the same kind of condition as Ichigo has. They can unleash a hollow form, which increases their fighting ability tremendously. Uh, the only catch is that they must be controlled. And here we arrive at one of the, at what a lot of people consider one of the biggest problems of Bleach, the wasted potential, which I do say I, which I do tend to agree with. You don't see them really do much or any kick any ass until 150 episodes down the line, which is about the length of the Hunter Hunter remake. Okay, but before any of that can happen. Soul Reapers go to Katakura Town as an undercover agents to get information on Arankar. This is what's hinted at during season four, I believe, and thankfully take a full advantage of that. I know it's just, I know it's sad that they never do, but whatever. This also leads to my favorite kind of filler. The ones that just say, fuck it, let's just do something stupid for one episode. <laughs> it's clear that in the later parts of the season 14, um, but there are some gems here too. There's an episode focusing on bacon and cake. Um, my favorite was episode 35, a rather heartwarming episode starring the one and only, the god, Khan. Uh I'm surprised that um, if they went like a Dragon Ball GT route with that one, I think that could really work. But, oh yeah, by the way, we learned that uh, Ichigo's dad is an exo Reaper. Cool, cool. We're not going to get it matched again for another 200 chapters, but, you know, it, it is what it is. But, before the mini filler happens, Grimjow, Grimjow is one of the top breaking rank cards known as as the spiders and gets fed up with Aizen's waiting so he gathers three a team of Arankar and goes into Katakura town and basically says kill anything you can sense and this is where the season excels giving us like right into the tight right into giving us some tight action um in a place where I want there to be tight action you know I want like a peaceful place like Katakura town and throw in something chaotic um overall I really like this season and it's worth checking out um Right into season seven. Uh, before we get into season, I want to talk about something that kind of, I guess, kind of fits into this. I, I'm not sure where this lands, where this filler lands, um, but it's the movie um, 
the Diamond Dust Rebellion. Um, simple. Do you like Do you like Toshiro Hitagawa? Well, if you give zero fucks about him, you probably won't like this movie. See, I like Memories of Nobody, but I'll admit it wasn't for me watching season five prior that I would tell someone if it was okay. But this movie, for some reason, I kind of hate it. <laughs> Hitsugaya uh, goes missing in a social society's outdated law state that it calls for an execution for some reason. But why is there such a need to kill him? All he did was take a break. So if the tradition is to kill people that leave temporarily, then you have a shit tradition and should be questioning and should question how no one has ever thought that this needs to be redone in the past, what, a thousand some years? I, to be honest, I can't. I watched it recently and I still really can't remember what happened in this movie. It was kind of boring and I really don't recommend it. Unless you really, like I said, unless you really like Toshiro. Now, right on to season seven. The Hueco Mundo uh, sneak. Uh, kind of the Hueco Mundo infiltration arc. We'll call it that, sure. After being completely spoiled about it in the Alone's opening, Aizen unleashes a surprise attack on our heroes. It's unknown why this occur- occurred until they realized what a human is missing. That's right. Eisen kidnapped the princess. So, you know, standard stuff. Actually, but he has a reason, you see. See, Odahime's powers aren't having just, you know, saying Ichigo, Ichigo-kun or Karasaki-kun a hundred times. But to reject all causes. Not just healing, but like super healing. Being able to shift the predicament back in time, in a sense. It's confusing, but basically, Aizen wants both, wants that, and doesn't want them to have it. So, Ichigo goes and storms their castle. While Yamamoto says, you know, actually, that reminds me, uh, Soul Reapers, you're, you're done. Come back to go undergo more training. So, uh, Ichigo and his two background fighters, Uru and Chad, which, Chad for the, you know, that's, that's my nigga. Um, go to Uruhara on their own, and um, then we get to everyone's favorite, which character, baby Nell? Um, I'm not gonna lie, Nell was pretty cute. But the cuteness, weirdness, and the fun side of youth all rolled up into one little package. Not gonna lie, Nell is awesome. Um, I was gonna say it's not really talk about more about this season because just the first half of the around car arc, six six through eight is really kind of just setting things up. But in season eight, the fierce fight. This is where this Bleach's kind of flaws with the canon begin to show. With anime, one of the some some people's biggest pet peeves, sometimes mine, especially with the long-running ones, is doing the same thing in every arc, thinking that you're doing something different. Um, I do think that happens, I think, about twice. I think there are two themes, two instances that does happen again, that does happen um, twice in the show that is repeated. I think only really twice. Um, but are they done differently? In my, in my humble opinion, I think they actually are. Um, not because they're dealing with different characters and a different theme and location. But, excuse me. But that um, there's different stakes involved. Um, and not only different stakes involved and different lore involved. And also, um, we get to see more of Ichigo's thoughts and feelings kind of um, being thrusted upon people around him. Um, an example goes to fairy tale. You know, some that's that's an example I can think about. I've seen about what, the the ninety six episodes, and every other arc is devil worshippers try to resurrect, resurrect devil, followed by a guild war of some kind. 
Um, at first, while noticeable, I was fine with it, but season two took it too far. It was such a repetitive narrative. They finally did something different with the season three, but the point is that you're going to do the same thing over and over again. Either be extremely creative each time, or don't do it at all. The throwaway characters for the main characters uh, to fight in the bleacher are so horribly forgettable. And every time, they have to dedicate one full episode of screen time to them. But this isn't the point where I started seeing the puppeteer. But it is the point where I started to notice the strings. I'm not going to give the plot summary just, just a rand. It's just random around cars fighting our main heroes. In other news, um, I don't know those. Let's just go on to another movie, I guess. So on my rewatch, I did also watch Bleach Fade to Black, which, spoiler alert, I do think is actually some of the best filler in all the series. Um, after all that, that decentness that was from the memories of nobody and the awfulness of the Diamond Dust Rebellion, I had didn't have a lot of expectations for Fade the Black. Surprisingly, though, this probably, it, it, like I said, it's probably my favorite of the four Bleach films. It didn't try to make a giant like scene out of anything. It just had a goal, didn't go off track, and the villains have understandable motives. They even they even got Uruhara, so it's not much to say. And I think it might be still on Netflix, so go check that out. Um, let's just I'm gonna go right over to season ten. Don't really got don't worry about season nine. Not missing much there. Um. This is where this is the Iran Carver to the Shinigami. And a lot of people, and like I've made the allusion to, I didn't see the puppeteer yet, just the strings. For a lot of people, this is where they saw the puppeteer. Um, if you thought everything was fine for Ichigo and his friends, then you're pretty freaking crazy. And as another Espada comes to wreck his shit. So Nell, surprisingly, transforms into an Espada. Um, that was, which was pretty awesome. And after she's given a backstory, she's written out for the rest of the Aronkara. <laughs> so uh, now they need a ex machina. Bring in the Goge 13 or Gote 13. Uh, so a bunch of Soul Reaper captains come into the engaged battle with the Aronkars. This should be pretty fun, which I will say it was for me. This was so easy to pull off, yet they still didn't do it all that right for me. They, with all that they did in season 8. And they just drag kind of this throwaway around cars. It's the first season I flat out almost don't. I almost kind of don't want to recommend. Except maybe the nail transformation. Definitely check out the nail transformation. Um, and I, I guess you can call this filler. We're going to talk about the past of season 11. Um, it's kind of the seven part. It was a mini arc of Bleach turning back the pendulum. Which... I really liked in the manga. I thought the manga was done exceptionally well. I think the manga, I think the anime though kind of fell flat though, on it. But in these seven episodes, they kind of give the backstory on the visors. Udahara, the cat lady, obviously Yoriichi, and some soul reapers show off the fact that Aizen's been doing this for over a century now. And how did the visors become visors? Well, they were originally soul reapers. They were some some were captains, some often others were lieutenants. They and they all gathered to stop. Uh, stop a problem and fall right into Isaac's trap and uses them uh, as to test out his holification theory. Um, Uruhara is framed for doing this and is banished and he kind of take and he takes the soul reapers that were affected and takes them to Katakura town where they reside today. Ugh, look, I, I love the I love the premise and I love the concept of this but 
if I, I'm not quite sure why they only dedicated the seven episodes to this. Um, I th- I'm trying to think how many chapters I've off the top of my head. It was like maybe I was felt like I felt like a good 80 or 90 chapters of Turn Back the Pendulum. Could have been about a little bit less than that, but they should have maybe cut this out of the anime or done a little bit more with it. It almost feels a little half-ass. Um, but they did keep it short and simple to their credit. Um, but I highly recommend it. And also T's visors finally, you know, doing something pretty, I guess, memorable. Um, cause you won't be seeing them for another three seasons. So let's go right into the battle of Katakura. Um, if you want to include some of the filler, I guess technically this battle, this battle of Katakura has been going on for about a hundred episodes. Um, and are we going to be getting finally that all-out war that we've been promised in season six? Mm, not yet. Still about a few, still got a, some episodes until then. Um, to be honest, I don't know if it's as bad as what season four did with the with the bounce arc. Um, but even the bounce arc had some better pacing um, and getting to the action and getting to the main. Even if the main villain was kind of flat in character. Um, all throughout season 10, I thought to myself, you know, man, am I going to get over with this? You know, uh, and all through se- season 12, I thought to myself, well, never mind. That last place looks way more interesting. Please go back there. Um, it actually started to pick right back up before diving right back into filler. So I'm not gonna lie. Let's just move on. Um, into this one, I do want to kind of talk about before I get into um, season 14 and the uh, the fourth movie um, along with the fourth movie I, I will talk about my openings because I, I have a ranking for my openings I think bleach has some of the has some of the, has one of the best original soundtracks in and shonen ever and probably actually in just anime history I swear to God um, but I'll get to that after I talk a little bit about the fall of the rock art in season 14 look it's not a total pile of crap, but the problem isn't the fights. This is that sometimes you don't care for the characters fighting, um, especially for with this, with most of the characters you do care are stuck in Hueco Mundo, jacking off with the Spada Zero or something. And then after so many episodes, they finally use the potential they have or somewhat try. The virus finally, the visors finally show up and kick some ass. We finally get an epic battle between Ukloria and uh, Ulukoria and Ichigo. We finally get to see more of Ishin and Uruhara fighting, which is always a big plus. And we finally get to see Aizen, you know, do something more than postrating. Um, but let's start off where I think so he finally gets good again. Around episode 271 to 272, and we get Ukloria and Ichigo fight. For what is good, but everything ramps up when we get to 279. The virus start fighting and it's freaking awesome. I don't even need to explain how cool it is. It just is. But where I think the show grows the beard instead of, um, and I'm, that's a real saying, guys, growing grows the beard. It's kind of the opposite of jumping the shark, but whatever, just a little literary thing. Now. Episode 291, it's actually 292 or 290, whatever one I like the most. That's when the second new OP starts. Everything becomes amazing again. Um, and since we're going to be sp- speaking about some amazing openings, let me go into some of the 15 op- uh, Bleach openings that I absolutely adore. These are in no particular order, especially the when we get to like the last five. I love almost all of them for different reasons, but I do have some ones I like a little less. 
the um, Anima Rosa, the opening 11. I think it appears in the Zanpato arc. It's not really bad. Um, but it's not really the worst. I think it's probably the worst of the Bleach openings. But I think it's better than some of the anime openings I've seen recently. Um, I think it's just worse than a bunch. Um, yeah, it's probably fine. It's, it's pretty, but it's not really, not really memorable. Uh, Shoujo S, which is the 10th opening. I think it's the 5th in the Aranka arc. Um, I know a lot of people think this is the weakest of the Bleach openings. Um, but I think Animal Rosa and Shoujo S are actually pretty fine. And it kind of fits into the theme of what was going on in that story. And I think more people were just more worried about some of the boring stuff in that 5th part of the Aranka arc. And they really didn't kind of give this song a lot of credence. Um... Maybe because they there was a lot of un, there was a lot of uh, I don't know maybe they, they didn't really weren't liking the canon so much and I, I really can't think of a reason why people dislike that much but on to the next one uh, Harukaze and that appears in the Lost Agent arc I believe um, this one I think it's good I think it's just a little bland um, I would put this one a little higher than the other two just because I don't think this one isn't just bad I think it's just pretty average. Um, take out the, if you really take out the title card, which is really great on this, um, it's really not much, you're not, there's not much really there. Um, now the Ichiren no Honda, Hana, I think it was opening three. This was in the rescue, in the rescue art. Um, this one I could put up, I could put up higher. Um, and it might piss a lot of people off. I mean, there's always that one bleach opening that's low on people's list. That's usually higher in other popular opinions. But, you know, every li- everyone's list is different. And this is that song for me. I see how some might like it, especially the Metal Nuts. But I just don't see how... I don't see much in his OP. Um, and to me, it's kind of just meh. Not gonna lie. Um, opening 8, the True Buddha. And the new Captain one. Um, this is about as standard as you're gonna get in the in the bleach opening kind of slate is really no there's really not much to talk about don't go ahead and check it out on youtube though see if you like it yourself uh, blue this was opening 14 this was in the invading army arc um it's got a cool very fast refrain um but it's like 14 seconds and it's kind of just repeats for 90 seconds because i think it repeats like two or three times but it's it's probably one of my favorite like sh- mini openings. Like it's yeah, like it's what I mean. It's, it's like only fourteen seconds, and it just kind of repeats as the opening. But it's pretty it's pretty damn good. Not gonna lie. Um, now we're getting into some good stuff, and why Bleach has and we're getting into why Bleach has such a godly OST, and that's After Dark. This is the seventh opening, I believe, and it appears both in the second and third of Ronka arcs. Um, even though I think Alone should air during the second, but whatever. But we're here. This OP is good, man. Yep, that's anime right there. I mean, this is a this is just a solid freaking song. Um, like I I I'm, I would put it kind of in the middle. I would put it in the middle of my list. Not too high, not too low. Solid song. You could I think you could play this at any time. Um, number, what is number, what was opening? Number four, Tonight, 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 um, by B Crusaders, I believe. Um, this is, and this is the Bount arc. Now, the Bount arc, I've already talked about in this episode, 
some of the good, the bad, and the ugly in that. But God was Tonight Tonight was such a good song. I don't know why this song gets so much shit on. Um, maybe because the arc, they didn't like the arc. And they didn't like vampires, but... I, it, re- it really reminded me of like a really cool, groovy Ghostbusters anime type of theme. Um, and, and this OP, this opening kind of reminds me what the Bleach anime should have probably focused on a lot. Just being fun to watch. Um, and kind of just maybe take some of the logic out and just kind of be just enjoyable and just be a nice roller coaster ride. And that's what Tonight Tonight really symbolized for me. Um, opening two, the D Techno Life. I think right in the entry arc, it's like the second opening. Um, it's just it's 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 pretty it's solid. Like I and I'm not solid and it's like it's pretty average. Like in solid, like you could probably bump this to any person who's never seen Bleach and they probably and they would rock it. No lie. Um, one of my personal favorites, Alone's the number sixth opening. I think it starts off the Arankar arc. Um, it airs, I think it, I think, I don't know if this was a mistake. It's just a running theory with the Bleach anime production team, or whoever was producing this anime. I think it airs a little too early in the anime because it spoils, like, Orihime being abducted by Aizen. I mean, unless that was their purpose. Because we, we see it in that opening, but we don't, it doesn't happen until, like, the third or second part of the Ranka arc. But we see it, like, in this first opening. So it's kind of weird, but other than that, uh, this is a great retelling of the whole business and the whole story through the music and the animation. Um, but I just I just pretend that it started about 15 minutes, 15 episodes later. <laughs> now, opening one. Um, Asterix. This is the Piers in the Substitute arc. First opening. Big Bob. I don't see how anyone doesn't like this. If you don't like me, tell me on Twitter because I'm going to have to set you straight. Um. These are the top. This is a top dog song. Um, the only I and I and I guess this song really doesn't have any flaws. It really has no flaws. Um, the only I guess you can say that the flaw has nothing to do with the first season of Bleach, like story wise. It's just a really cool visual, um, little visual visualization of the characters with with pop, with vibrant popping colors, um, cool design and. A nice mood and theme behind this just rocking song. Um, but other than that, and that's really not even a flaw. But if you had to point one out, that's maybe what I'd be. Um, but mother one I really want to talk about, Melody of the Wild Dance. This was the 13th opening, I believe. And appears in the second half of the sixth Arankar arc. Um, this episode, this up. The episodes this OP has plays over some of the really great episodes, even some of the good filler episodes. Um, and like this opening, like the first one, the, I mean, not the first one, but the opening 12 and opening 9, they, it tells a story within its short time it has for the opening. Um, the story of the Battle of Aizen. Um, it pretty much tells the end of the story in a case. Um, oh, my God. And then and this, this and this when I hear this open, I'm like, oh, my God, it's almost over. It's almost fucking over. <laughs> this cool ride is almost over. Um, next, I want to talk about Rolling Star, the fifth opening, and it's in the Assault arc, I think. Um, I'm not gonna lie, 
I don't know. I don't think a lot of people put this up really high on their lists, but it's 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 really good. Like I don't see why. I think it has an epic sound. I think it gets you hyped for the episode, like any opening should. Um, and if the and Bleach had stuck with the theme of, the, of an opening like this, it would have been. I think it would have been ten times better, to be honest. Um, this needs to be on more people's list, guys. Check out Rolling Star, um, Valencia, uh, Valencia, opening ten. I think it's in the past arc and the fourth Aronkar arc. Um, it's like the Aizen's battle story kind of plays out in this in this one. Um, I, I, I fucking love this OP so much. Um, every person, almost everybody in every character that doesn't get enough screen time and deserves screen time kind of gets screen time in this opening. Um, it's from the same band that did Alones, so no surprise that it's a dope-ass song. It's smooth as hell. Um, you can play this anytime. You play this for your weeb friends. They're gonna, they, they, they're gonna love it. And at the very least, if they want, they're gonna recognize it. And at the very least, if they don't, they're gonna love the hell out of the song. Um, it also kind of signals where for a lot of people, the anime was kind of falling apart for this, ten, you know? Um, not so much myself, but I think this, this opening kind of signals for some of the downfalls of, of the anime. Now, number one, um, I think there's a lot of, I think this one people get annoyed by a lot. I don't know. Maybe I have to, I'm going to have to guys talk about it on Twitter, but opening 12, it's in the first half of the sixth Iraq arc. It's changed. I had to. So in most cases, the first opening I listen to in a long running anime will usually be my favorite, except maybe fairy tale. Um, it was after dead man wonderland. The first two minutes of episode 291 played, um, and this opening is just one of the reasons why I wanted to watch bleach. Or why I think I went back to Bleach um, to find out like what the hell was going on. Um, this was in the middle of Eisen's battle, and it's one of my favorite OPs of like of all time. Um, not only is it kind of sentimental to me, but it's awesome in its own right. It shows off the best parts of the arc it plays over. Um, I mean, what else is there to say? Just let the music speak for itself. Um, I'll also probably leave a I'll probably leave a little link some links of these songs in the description when I promote this episode and talk and probably put a little links of some of my favorite endings. Um, I'll get a quick real quick. I won't go into depth into why or but ending seven, ending thirty, ending seventeen, and ending twenty three, and then the rest I really don't care about. But those those are, those bangers those are bangers. So. Do I think the season paid off? Yeah. And I, but I understand if it didn't for you. And I'm going to be honest. At episode 310, the series should have maybe just ended. But the last 56 episodes of Bleach flattened out, flat out, probably shouldn't have existed unless they had a better plan. Uh, you know those anime that after end 13 episodes and the anime was unsuccessful to the manga and it's freaking long and hell in comparison. That's what this feels like when watching the last 56 episodes of Bleach. You're kind of pretty much waiting the advertisement for a manga, but a common trend these days in anime, no amount of filler will hide that. But hey, speaking of filler, let's talk about that as well, because at this point, it's just they just said, fuck it, let's just do whatever the fuck we want. There are two episodes where Uchiko has a dream. One where he's Aladdin, and another that some monster mash, probably made because they needed a, a Halloween special. In January, there was also another... Um, a film festival that was a plot line in clone high and it was actually pretty in, it was actually in preparation for the hellverse and they, de- they dedicated those two episodes to the movie so so you know it must be good 
Um, spoiler, movie four, Hellverse, is not all that great. I remember next to nothing almost about this movie. I can't remember that Ichi goes to hell for some reason. I can't remember. The fights were kind of bland. He lost control. I think I fell asleep for about 10 minutes. It was kind of boring. A bunch of the people got kidnapped. Ichigo went on highway to hell. Ichigo X Machina happens. The end. But this might be the most forgettable of the movies. Not the worst. Because Domino's Rebellion still exists. Granted, all the movies that are purely forgettable. But at least with Fade to Black, I remember loving every second that was on screen. Hellverse, I remember practically kind of just sitting there almost falling asleep. I won't talk about the fall of the Ron Clark anymore. If you're still watching Bleach at this point, so absolutely, you should absolutely see it. Um, now, for some of the other, I guess, some of the other, some of the other seasons I kind of want to go into real fast. Season 9 was at the, the new Captain Shusuke Amagai. Since Gen was off being evil, doing evil things, a new captain took took over Squad 3. Lightweight Shusuke Amagai. And Ichigo and friends have to put up, I mean, take care of a princess. And I don't think it was that bad. Oh no, it's still... I mean, it's still a piece of, of, of shit filler that I don't recommend, but it's not the worst piece of shit filler that I don't recommend. Nothing happens, waste of time. Moving on. Um, Zanpakuto, the alternate tale. Lucky number 13. So some asshole decides to hypnotize all Zanpakuto and manifest them in human form. When I first heard this arc before the group, before the group watch, uh, I knew it looked like shit, but the premise, just the premise alone, oh my god. Well, it lived up to my expectations and surpassed them because this is the worst arc in Bleach. In terms of quality, that would probably go to Assault. But this is the second longest of all of Bleach. It drags through the entire thing. The first two episodes are boring. The second two episodes are almost exactly like the Assault in terms of quality. And the third two episodes, well, actually, wait, that's pretty good. But by then, the damage was already done. Give the Assault credit. It's only half as long. Um... What was another one? Season 15, that was, that was the Gote 13 Invading Army. When I got around to watching this, I didn't really... I was almost kind of t- sick and tired of watching of my rewatch of Bleach. But I knew I had to keep going. Um, and the Invading Army arc of Bleach, surprisingly enough, is probably some of my favorite filler arc of Bleach. Not my favorite Bleach filler of any kind. That's obviously Fade to Black. But there are two subplots. One is that just the Arankar arc all over again, but with different with a different Aizen and clones instead of a super powerful Hollows. And that kind of sucks. So why is it my favorite exactly? I shit you not, Khan. Yes, Khan. Yeah. Bleach's watermelon craven comedy excuse was the sole reason why I thought this arc was great. Someone on the writing team really loved Khan and really wanted the final filler season to delve into the inner workings of this throwaway character. So, Khan goes through an existential crisis. After all, he's a green ball and a teddy bear that sometimes is a teenager's body. No one really likes him. If he didn't grow, if he didn't grow conscious, he probably would have been thrown away. And then he meets a naked girl in the parking lot who becomes this season's plot device. She is the first mod soul. And she, I just realized, where, where the fuck are the other filler mod souls? I guess after season six, the writers forgot all about him. Whatever. Can't really blame him. Anyway, Khan falls in love with this girl. I sympathized with Khan. And for that alone, this season should be given more attention. Um, 
Season 16. The Lost Agent, aka trying to keep the trying to keep the already dead alive. It ain't worth that time or money. It's two years later, and Ichigo kind of completely lost his powers. Um, but then the full broom show up, and you know what? Who cares? No, seriously, who no, who cares? But he should have not continued the wrong card, because you know it. I know it. I'm just done. Um, I want to do some of my... I want to kind of rank some of my favorite moments or my favorite kind of, I guess, seasons. Because I don't want to do my favorite arcs. Because there's a lot of sub-arcs or kind of the arcs are split up. Um, and they can kind of be split up into into kind of 20 of them, maybe. Um so the last one, I'm going to have to put number, at the, the last one, it's going to be the Zanpakuto arc. The last one third is good, don't get me wrong, but it doesn't make up for the other two thirds. Either skip this season or just, excuse me, just watch two, episode 260, because it was a fun episode. That's about it. Now, the assault. After season two and three, I was kind of done with the Soul Society. It's like, don't take me back. Uh, but in this canon, they do, and I kind of made this face. 18 of the most painful era episodes of Bleach I had to sit through. I recommend watching episodes 64 through 80 of Bleach, but once you're done with those episodes, go right to 110. And never go back unless you really want to know what happens about vampires. Though there are some good things, though, in that. So, um, The Diamond Dust Rebellion. God, this movie was... I hate it. I hate it, hate it. It's pretty much just fan service for those who think Toshiro is as sweet as hell. I won't be surprised if a bunch of otaku fangirls think Toshiro is their husbando and think this movie is the shit. I don't care about Toshiro. So all I see is a shitty movie that exploits everything that's wrong with society, so, so, with Sarate's traditions. Um, next, I probably maybe the new captain when they replaced Gin with Samagi, Amagai guy. The characters kind of fuck around for 22 episodes and do nothing interesting, really. Why do none of these fellows just have Ichigo and friends at school and then the Hollows attack? Wasn't that what made people come to Bleach in the first place? Anyways. Um, the Arankar Park 5, the Vampires again, the Arankar Part 4, and then Hellverse. All kind of put into like a category of meh-ish. Um, and they kind of ones some of the parts that I really thought are outside the top 10 are probably be the Hellverse. Uh, and maybe I do think it's the worst Bleach movie, but I feel like it probably could have worked out as a nice little filler, to be honest, if it, if it was more maybe dragged, maybe kind of spread out for a few episodes, maybe like seven episodes or so. Uh, Memories of Nobody, though. This is what the Bount arc should have been. If they took some of the good parts of the Bount arc and then the good parts of Memories of Nobody, I think we've had a, a very competent, competent arc. And because the well, memories nobody be- had a definitely a better villain. Because um, the Bound Arc just had a bland villain with very little personality. Um, the okay, season two. Look, I it's it's really hard not to put season two in my top ten. It's just it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. I, I won't. I won't. Let me just move on. The Iran Car Part 3, Nell, highlight, best part of that. Iran um, Car Part 2, well, Orohime got captured, kidnapped, so there's that. Um, the Fullbringer, this is when the anime was on, on kind of on life support, and I really can't put it any higher, but the animation was dope, and I, oof, 
Have you seen the sick AMVs on this? Um, the invading army. Now, this is what filler is here for. Telling stories, Kubo doesn't give a shit to tell. One of the best filler arcs in the entire show. Um, the Arankar Part 1. Um, the magic of this season kind of returned for Bleach for me in this one. Um, even though if it was kind of temporary. Fade to Black was next. Um, to round out this top five. Um, best Bleach filler overall. Really liked this movie. It's the best of the four movies. It was just fun to watch. And I thought that the premise was super interesting. I wish they would put this as a season. Thought this we had, I wish we had more episodes of this. The Rescue. Maybe not so much the first half. But the second half. Oh man, that second half. Um, the past. The turn back the pendulum. Though I thought it, they have did it better in the manga. I will admit. This night, this neat little side story could have been done better and could have been been done better in the anime, but I did enjoy it. And mainly because I kind of got some biases for the visors and I like the visors a lot. So. Um, the Iran card part six. I mean, what else can I say? Ulukoria and Ichigo fight. It also has the, the Grim Joe and Ichigo fart fight part two or part three, whatever in Huwaka Mundo. I mean, we had some peak at peak shonen action shit in that in part six. Um, and then the substitute Soul Reaper. To be honest, I really I I pro I highly I tout the first 20 or 30 episodes of Bleach anime to be almost a masterpiece of anime, to be honest. And I'm this is not a not a meme, not a joke. I think the first 20 or so episodes of what of 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 Bleach probably have the best first 20 episodes of almost any long-running shonen anime I've ever seen. Um, now, does that mean Bleach is... A ha- I think it Bleach is objectively better than a lot of some of the shonens out? Nah, maybe. Not so much. But if you compare the first 20 episodes to maybe One Piece, so the first episodes of, of Naruto, to be honest, I'd probably take the Bleach first 20 episodes. Now, whatever happens after that, okay... You guys got your opinion, but I objectively think the first 20 episodes to Bleach outdo a lot of these shown in, in, in the past and current in the first in their first 20 episodes. It's just after that, you know, kind of it's a roller coaster. But now before I end this part in the next part, I'm kind of do a real quick rundown and give you my real quick, real fast thoughts on some of the, the pluses of Bleach. Um... And talk about some of the finals and some of the minuses of Bleach. Um, real and it'll, and it'll be real quick, real bite size. Um, and I'll give you some maybe some numeric scores at the end. Um, I know a lot of people are afraid to rank their favorite animes because then they feel like they're stepping on other people and stepping on other shows that they watch. Not here, see, not on here. Weebcast. It's all about hot takes, strong opinions. Um, and we're gonna and we're gonna tackle it, and we're gonna tackle it. Dead, we're gonna tackle it straight on. So stick around while I wrap up this bleach retrospective. When I talk about the pluses and the minuses, and my some of my final thoughts on bleach, um, and then we'll probably talk about what I'm gonna do probably in the future for Weebcast in a bit. Um, so you guys stick around. I'm gonna be right back after this little bit of music. All right.
Hey yo, what's up? Welcome back to Weebcast. Hope you guys enjoying this Bleach res- retrospective uh, episode celebrating the return of the Bleach anime. It's a joyous time. We out here, stand. We out here. This is for the Bleach fans, by the Bleach fans. It's cutting out them fake people who talk about Bleach never coming back. That shit back. I don't want to see none of y'all. Around. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Y'all can hop on, bruh. If y'all were the people in the past saying Bleach, you really thought Bleach was never coming back. It's all good. I, I'll forgive you. My fellow Bleach stands, let's forgive those people. Let's turn the other cheek and let them join in on the greatness of the anime we about to receive in the upcoming future. Um, but <laughs> I hope you guys have enjoying the Bleach retrospect. I've been having a lot of fun writing this, writing this script, recording it. Um, right now, we're about to wrap things up. And I just want to do a real quick wrap up on just the manga and the anime. Kind of give some the pluses and the minuses. Um... Now, I will little uh, forewarn it. There are more minuses for me that I have written down, but that doesn't necessarily. I think that the show and the the manga isn't um, very competent, and I think and eh, doesn't have. Eh, I believe has there's a lot of things of quality up to note in this manga. Just want to let you guys know that. But I do want to start off positive. Let's go into some of the pluses, the style and atmosphere. Um, personally, I find the, I find the word of Bleach super interesting. Um, the world order, I guess. So super interesting. Um, I was immediately captured and infatuated by the idea of the battle, battle between Shinigami and monsters eating human souls. I was amazed that by a half military Shinigami organization, known as Gotei 13 and their bladed weapons, having so much character and, um, just a unique spin on weapons and powers, which I'll get into. Um, which kind of reminded me of Yu Yu Hakusho, which I've, I think I've talked about on Twitter with someone before. I can't quite remember, but it reminds me of why I love Yu Yu Hakusho so much. Um, next was the artwork. Um, Kubo's artwork is quite detailed. Um, and I know it gets a bad rap for being lazy. Now I'm going to say this right here, right now. Kubo in, in ty- uses the uh, uses a thing called micro storytelling to tell to drive story and plot using the facial expressions of his characters. Uh, and he's also said this in the past that he uses a lot of white and black backgrounds, stark backgrounds with detailed face, faces and close-ups to, to share motive, emotion, um, and the drive of the characters. And I love how that's put put, put into the art. He, he, now, not a lot of people are with that because they don't like the blandless backgrounds um, but they're missing the point that the characters, we're supposed to be focused on the characters' faces. And we're supposed to be working out the emotion that they're feeling through their this micro storytelling. Um, we see a not we see perfect description um depictions of characters, their fights and the techniques, and you can clearly understand what's happening of the illustrations. Um, next, the characters. I mean, what else is there to say? There's such a amazing there's this has one of the best amazing diversity of personalities and faces to fit almost anybody's anybody's taste um i mean some people fans of you make cults of some of these and split up into implicable groups um whether it's the captains um the enemies like the arankar um the even the quincy's you know um next the drama the dramatic moments in the first arcs are really touching you would really i really empathize with the characters believe them as they were real people the conflicts of the characters views 
as they clash throughout the series, as well as their emotional experiences ex added to the whole dramatism of the, of the series. Um, the techniques and the abilities. Shinigami used the swords that help him activate such abilities as Bankai and Shikai. Shikai is available to lots of characters, while only Bankai, only to the strongest ones. Captains or to ones of similar status. The arsenal of abilities available to Shinigami is huge. From illusions, substituting reality and gigantic venomous monsters, from the acid able to melt flesh, to the blaze burning everything to ashes, the characters poses, possess various magical abilities, as well as fencing and hand-in-hand -hand, uh, techniques. Thus, they can apply their own unique fighting styles. As for antagonists, their ruses and their diversity of abilities are super impressive as well. Um, the pomposity. Koopa pays a lot of attention to the pomp and glare of everything. For those, for example, those famous flashings when a character appears behind somebody, somebody's back, or pompous phrases, on the whole, the author does a super good job, um, and many fans of Bleach, and a lot of people, fans of Bleach, like that for them, pomposity. Now, I will get on to the minuses. The final. The final is not the great, it's not terrible, but... It's not, it's not great. It's just okay. Actually, it seems like Bleach doesn't have much as an ending as all as Koopa suddenly was warned that the manga needed to be wrapped up. And so he finished it in a hurry. The author didn't develop the main character's personality and goals in the final arc like he really, like he really wanted to. Um, and even their fighting abilities we thought we'd been waiting for years. Instead of this, we got Ichigo killing Juha Bak at one stroke of sword. The final fight of Aizen was much better and was a good moment to finish the manga but also what the hell we didn't get Aizen versus Ju we didn't get a, a proper Aizen versus Juha bop shit man <laughs> bless me but we didn't get a proper alright moving on um I, I'm, I'm putting this under a a minus and a plus but and that's the protagonist I will start off from talking about because I do think it's a mix. Let me start off with some of the bad. Ichigo is bad from a lot of angles. His numerous fights don't excite the interest he always uses as he uses the one technique or the wave of, you know, a wave of energy with a, from a sword. It's, um, some people think it's not possible to develop interesting tactics based on his technique. I mean, just compared to Naruto or Luffy, which have dozens of various techniques to, of close in and long range fighting. As for Ichigo, character and motivation, they are, they are the same during the whole series. Um, which is also a plus and also a minus. I think it's a greater plus, but it, there are some minuses to it. I'll start off with some of the minuses. He just wants to defend his friends. Besides numerous battles having tempered him all the way, I mean, all at all, that's why he's sometimes ridiculous situations, for example. For example, when fighting with Ikulorita, Ichigo demanded to cut off his hand to lead a fair battle. With the maimed opponent, what about saving his friends afterwards? That Dulacuric cut off my hand thing definitely went down in history, by the way. The illustrations are still beautiful. Um, I think the protagonist, Ichigo, is a protagonist that is out of the big three, the easiest one to develop a connection with. The easiest one you can step into one's shoes. Um, and I am speaking for him because I'm usually, I'm a little bit older than a lot of people than some than some of my friends who watch anime or especially the ones who join beach i do think it's i do think um for people around my age would probably enjoy bleach for some of the finer things 
Um, and the final things usually deal with Ichigo. Ichigo was someone, he's, he's a static character, not a dynamic character, as in that he changes over the time of the story, but static as in his character, his character is almost made up is his character is almost ha- is at it's matured. He's already a matured character. It's his character and his thoughts and his feelings that affect others. As in dynamic characters, uh, different characters, sur- supporting characters affect the main character. But in his case, um, in like shows like Yu Yu Show and others, um, in like Bleach, Yurameshi and Ichigo, they're static. They don't change throughout the series. They pretty much stay the same type of person, but they get stronger and then they affect other people in a positive way. Um, whether it's their fi- with even with enemies and friends. Uh, and that's why I think Ichigo is such a compelling character and a character that hasn't been done well in a long time. Um, hopefully we get to see another character like him in the future, but you don't really see a lot of well-written static characters and battles shown in uh, mangas. Uh, most of them are usually dynamic of, of nature, kind of like, you know, Deku from Boku no Hero Academia or something, you know, where his character is molding and changing through each arc. Um, but I can go all day about talking about main character design and, and protagonist and, and, and stuff like that. I might have to do that too for each episode. Um, but let's move on to the balance. Where is the balance in Bleach? The levels of characters' power changes from time to time. Now, one personage is weaker than the other, but then he's suddenly stronger, and depending on Kubo's attention to different characters, their abilities kind of don't correspond to the stated level. For example, the members of the Espada are giving 0 through 9 in accordance with their levels to the power. Their first four numbers are supposed to be destroyed gigantic, man-milling, kilometer-long buildings. However, during a fight, Nuclear Order number 4 destroyed half of a such a building in a local and a local desert, in addition to while having the first three numbers ruined several buildings, each of them were killed in gloriously, and it's just not one case. Um, that was my only gripe with the the Espada. I just wish they didn't have the rankings in general. They should have just been nine strong, or I mean, ten strong characters. Um, I know the the appeal of having num- you know the rankings and um, of giving the thrill of oh. He's stronger than the other guy, you know, because he has he's number two. So he must be stronger than number four. I get the ability. But if the Espada was just nine or I mean, not ten goons really strong, I think it would have been I think it would have proved the series a little bit fared a little bit better. And we wouldn't have to, like, have discussions on why Yami is the strongest Espada or why Euclidia, um has a number four, but is but has abilities, secret abilities. And he was always he was kind of improving himself. Um, now I do think the unreasonable level ups were sort of a problem. Um, it's kind of connected to the, to my previous minus, but what we see in Bleach is that the character hasn't been practicing, but just becomes stronger because he has the win to according to the plot. Especially we see this in some, in some cases in the final arc. As I mentioned earlier, a lot of strong personages use Shikai and Bankai and the and readers are well aware of their abilities. However, in the final arc, everything kind of changes and the same Shikai acquired new abilities. As for the Bankai, their experience was measured in hundreds of years. Nevertheless, some true Bankai appeared out of thin air. After practicing just for several days, they developed new abilities and acquired a new level of power. Thus, the weak characters become a hundredfold stronger in, in days. And I'm not exaggerating, it's pretty true. There are 
there were, was an absurd situation. Kubo made the well-developed character stronger, adding unreasonable abilities and level-ups. At the same time, he left high levels undeveloped. Um, you know, why did he bring them into plot? Um, and some kind of cases were like, I guess, Rukia and maybe... Um, I guess Rukia was the my main point of contention. You know, I love Rukia. I love Rukia. Uh, I just think, you know... Uh, Bankai. The ultimate power of the Shinigami sword is the quintessence of their strength and abilities. Bankai helps Shinigami to keep their health and strength and reach the level accord, allowing to overpower an equal opponent. According to the logic, Bankai should be used in, in every serious battle as soon as possible. The reality is that Kubo had the opposite opinion and thought that Bankai had to be developed in the most dramatic and spectacular way. As a result, there was this paradoxical situation where lots of uh, people fought to the bitter end, got wounds, lost, and died, but never used that used the ability. That could have, you know, the ability that could have activated instantly and could have helped them to win. For example, Captain uh, Yamamoto was going to burn down the whole city with his army and defend himself in order to defeat the antagonist Aizen. As it later emerged that he could do with all with his help with the Bankai without any sacrifices. Just think of what a ridiculous situation it is. Um, only bring that up because... There's a lot of contention about, you know, why he didn't use his bunk against Aizen. My personal theory is it's because, you know, there was too many people around. And I think it would have harmed not only Aizen, but harmed his own teammates. But that's just me. Um, the absurd kind of twists in the show might be another minus for me. Practically in every fight, Koopa chose convenient opponents for positive characters, which allowed them to avoid the, f the abilities fatal almost for anyone. And again, we see that in the final arc where the author was churning out inboss and cheaters and it wasn't clear what to do with them. What's more, Kubo didn't know what to do with them either. Um, he took a number of brilliant decisions how to beat them. For example, some non-combat person suddenly got a unique artifact tool for an intangible regenerating monster that was uh, able to destroy anything. <laughs> kind of reminds me of the moments in Naruto that provoked some arguments back in the day. Itachi sealing Orochimaru with the help of the unique artifact, uh, Tosuka, that he suddenly got out of nowhere. Many readers consider it an absurd twist, but there's a difference between these two moments in Bleach and Naruto. In Naruto, the artifact appealed suddenly, but the fact that the top high-level character has such a weapon wasn't so surprising. He fought Orochimaru before and knew about his abilities beforehand. Moreover, although Itachi was preparing for the battle against Orochimaru, Tosuka was also effective in fighting um, against any opponent since it was an all-purpose weapon. Compared to Bleach, the artifact was effective just in fighting against that particular monster and no one else. Besides, the fight happened unexpectedly, and no one knew about the monster's ability beforehand and what weapon to use against it. Um, now, managing the characters is one of my the bigger ones. Kubo often introduced interesting characters, but they didn't take part in the development of the plot. For example, Captain Unohana didn't take part in any deciphered battles, although she turned out to be a high-level fighter. Later on, she died doing very little. She's done a, she did a lot, but very little in the grand scheme of things. Um, I guess the last minus is the Ruined Hopes, which I hope is kind of revitalized with this continuation of the anime. Um... And, and, and the bittersweet things is that Bleach isn't a bad manga at all. I think it gets a bad rap. And it could have been, I think it could have been even more splendid. 
Um, if it was bad in the first place, it wouldn't cause so much indignation and bewilderment. The reason why people talk bad about so much because it did have an impact on, on people who liked it and disliked it. Um, I think there was just a lot of lost opportunities and often per plot devices and twists. The beginning of the final arc was excellent. The enemies killed a lot of Shinigami, thus posing an existential, existential threat to them. The invaders were strong, merciless, and charismatic. Um, the positive characters' deaths were really horrific. It felt like it was a really decisive battle in the final arc. And that arc would be the best. We got it sort of wrong, maybe? Just after that, everybody was raised from the dead. It became, you know, became as strong as their, as their enemies. The enemies were left behind the scene without showing any battles. And some powerful but strange freaks took their place. The idea didn't go any further and turned into an absolutely bungling, rushed ending. The arc could have been the best... Which I think it was, I think the Thousand War Bulwark was on its, was becoming, if you just read the first part, when they, when they, the Soul Society gets invaded, Sarate gets invaded, it was, and people, a lot of people were thinking that this could have been the next great arc, like on the level of the Aroncar arc. Um, but it became, instead of becoming one of the best ones, it became one of the, just an okay one. Um, all in all. I really have to say that Bleach is not really a bad manga. It's not really weak either. I do think it has a lot of weak spots, um, which are focused on um, more so than some of the compelling points in the manga. Um, it does fall short, but it does have some one of the best main characters and most relatable main characters in all of the Battle Shonen. Um, and I think it does some of the good things that Yu Yu Hakusho did really well. I think Bleach also did really well and almost to a better point in some cases. Um, now, and then, but I think the last few years of the Bleach, while it was, uh, you know, whittling down into its ending, it did leave a bad taste in people's mouths, which caused to make people forget some of the great moments in the, in the manga and anime. Um, I think the artwork is not lazy. I think the artwork is almost spec it's really spectacular i would give it out a nine out of ten um the atmosphere is really really strong um i'd probably give it a seven or ish no why why am i even talking about that let me go right into the final score to be honest bleach is definitely one of my favorite of the battle shonens um but even shonens have a ceiling i think i think shonens most for the most part have a ceiling in my ratings i can't really i really don't put any shonens Hat more than higher than an eight or eight and a half, really. And this one's really no different, um, especially One Piece. But you know, that's for another day, another show. Um, so Bleach, as his final score, it is Bleach retrospective. I will give it a 7.1 out of 10. Um, but guys, you guys now reached the ending. Of my Bleach Retrospective, the very first retrospective on Weebcast. So I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I've had a lot of fun writing this. I had a lot of fun rewatching it and I had a lot of fun rereading it. Um, it was very much needed. It's been since, what, 27, 2016 is when it, the manga ended. So it's been a while since I've read it and it's definitely been longer since I've watched it. So this was an incredible experience. I cannot wait to do more. Um, I'll give you a little... This, I'll, 
you know, I don't want to tease it soon. I want to tease it too much. But since you, if you're listening and you've reached the end, make sure you hit me up on Twitter and let me and let me know if you reached the ending because I'm gonna I might have spo- there's a little spoiler. My next retro anime retrospective is going to be Soul Eater. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's gonna be amazing, Soul Eater. I can't wait. I'm gonna reread it and rewatch it. I'm gonna give you the lowdown. I'm gonna give you and we're gonna do a, we're gonna talk all about it from the beginning to the end and talk about all the juicy stuff, the good things, the bad things, the ugly things. Um, so that's gonna be incredible. Um, and I'll I'll try to tighten tighten up the the um, I guess the process of, to making one of these retrospective episodes because this was a little a little raw. This was a little raw than I than I anticipated, but I still enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, but I want to thank you once again for listening to the podcast. I hope you guys are sharing the podcast with your friends and family. Anybody, if you knew, if you have a weeb out there and they don't know about the podcast, let them know about Weebcast. It's hosted by your fearless leader, C-Dub, who's not afraid to give his takes, his hot anime takes out here, hot anime and manga takes out here. And we like to bring on guests. We like to talk. We like to have a lot of fun and just keep it chill. Keep it relaxed. Keep it relatable because this is for the people, by the people. Uh, type of uh, passion project, um, but like I like to say, like I like to say every time, if you guys are listening to on Anchor, make sure you guys consider becoming a listener supporter by donating um, directly to uh, to me uh, and to the show. Help it'll help enhance shows and help give us a little bit more weave content, bring on better guests, and just enhance the experience for weave and more weavecast content. Um, you could do that with the uh, Anchor FM slash support or slash webcast slash support or it'll be a link it'll be the link in the description of this episode you can just see it you can click on it you can donate however much you'd like um and i'll be very much appreciated thank you so much um but you could also support it by also watching i mean also listening to the show sharing the show we're on any other podcast platform you do you are uh, listen to it uh whether it's on apple because i know a lot of you guys listening to it on apple and on apple if you are listening to it Hey, why not rate and review it? Give me a rating. Give me some feedback. I'll even talk about some of the ratings and feedbacks on a show if you could, if you'd like. Um, but anywhere you be listening to this podcast, make sure you guys rate and review it. it I take it into deep consideration because I really want to improve the show, um, not only for myself, but for you guys. So you guys enjoy it and keep listening and grow the fan base so we can connect more people who enjoy the medium as Japanese comics and Japanese animation as possible. Um, and try to bring us together in a positive way, you know, and just, uh, I just think that's, you know, I think this, and I, like I said in the very first episode, I think that's, that's what I want to be the purpose of Weebcast. Um, but yes, thank you. I know this episode is coming out a day later. It's not on my usual Tuesdays. This is, uh, Wednesday instead. A lot of things were just happening on the Tuesday and I really couldn't get one out. This Bleach ep- took a lot of time into writing it and the rewatch took a lot of time in rereading, obviously. So that all kind of kind of played in the fact, but I will still be putting out an episode for Friday. We're going to be talking about the last week of news and all that good stuff. Probably going to talk a little bit about more Bleach news and see and what we think on how the how the last arc will be animated. Um... We're going to be talking about all that good stuff probably on Friday. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, there's a lot of good news in this last week that I kind of want to get to. But for this episode, um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please make sure you guys hit up that salute. 
Stand up salute for your boy C Duff for all the weaves out there. Hope you had a wonderful time listening. Thank you for allowing me in your in your ears and into your homes. I hope we're able to talk each other again. Bye bye. <laughs>